All right, so this is kind of an offshoot on, on Bull in the Basement of what we sort of already started with the Bill Superfan series. And I guess the, our current guest is a super fan and sort of started a super fan club, if you will, kind of, sort of, with a couple of friends. But he's also responsible for an incredible charitable um, organization that he started up that has helped hundreds of people in Western New York over the past almost decade and has raised gr- stupid money uh del reed del good to see you buddy how are you i'm great i hate super fan but um it's all good man thanks <laughs> it's fine just fan like everybody else uh, well okay and i appreciate your humility i mean that's part of why you are who you are and why everything you've done has really kind of had the midas touch to it because you're that sort of grounded right um, so what we do on bull in the basement, uh, for those of you that are watching for the very first time, Bill's mafia members is basically break down and tell the stories of people that have an impact in Buffalo and Western New York, whether they're from here or they're expats or they're making way, their way through here. Del Reed, you are from here, right? I mean, uh, high school, college, tell us a little bit about your, your youth background. Yeah, I grew up in Tonawanda, moved all the way to Kenmore. Whoa. Um, <laughs> you know, quite, Wait, you, you know, it was like, I was going to say, you moved to a rival town? What? Yeah, uh, you know, um, actually went to East for two years, went to West for two years, graduated from Kemal West. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, my wife graduated from East. I I'm, I can always say that I'm the only one in the household that has, like, can, can say which school is better because I sampled both. And so, <laughs> you know, she's more of a, she has a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. So, uh, but yeah, no. So I graduated from Kemal West in 93, went to Buffalo State, uh, for a year and then they suggested that I maybe not go to Buffalo state for a while. <laughs> went to, went to ECC, uh, eventually got my, my, my priorities straight. Went to, uh, went back to Buff state, um, academic clemency, beautiful thing. Um, ended up graduating on, you know, not top of the class, but okay. Did okay. So, um, computer information systems degree. And then, uh, during that whole stint, I got a job at Roswell park doing web development. Uh, and I was there for about, 14 and a half years before doing the whole shirt thing full time. So this was never part of the plan. It was a crazy pivot, but um, life is weird like that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Cause I would never have thought, I didn't know you were at Roswell for as long as you have been because you've done 26 shirts as long as you have. So now I'm, now I'm aging you now I'm trying now. So you are way older than I thought you were is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> it, it is backhanded, but yes. Um, and, and I want to apologize to everybody listening because the, the fashion police, you can't see them. They're out of the shot, but they're willing, they're, they're ready to arrest me when this is done for this, this whole nonsense, right? I'm wearing like a Halloween colored Van Halen concert t-shirt with my red, white, and blue Bill's mafia hat. And I know mafia are saying, Oh, red, white, and blue Bill's mafia go with anything. Nah, not, no, this is not good admittedly. And I've never had a good fashion sense and a lot, a lot, a lot of reason why I was really not much on TV at any rate. <laughs> Uh, this is this is obviously for you and a part of why you're here, but we'll get to Mafia in a second. And and before we do, for people that don't know, what came first? Did Bill's Mafia come, come first or did 26 Shirts come first? Oh, Bill's Mafia, uh, for sure. 26 Shirts kind of like grew out of that and it was going to be a one year project kind of like under the, you know, the, the Mafia banner. And it just through a set of circumstances just became its own thing altogether. But uh, yeah, so Bill's Mafia started in 2011 uh, myself you know Leslie and Breon kind of like led that charge and then um, in 2013 I had the idea to do the shirt thing and um, 
that's kind of how the timeline worked out. Why and how do you think, uh, and I, I, I want to go back to Bill's Mafia later, but why do, why do you think Bill's Mafia took off as strongly and as well as it did? I mean, was there a particular moment where it went from, you know, it had like their teenage, you know, burst, like you, you're 14 and then when you're 15, you gain six inches of height, you know, like, was there a spot on your, um, you, you know, your graph where it was kind of like here and then bloop, like that, did that happen or was it just gradual growth? You know what? That's a, that's a great question. I've never thought about it like that. It's been gradual growth the whole time. It's one of those things that's maybe it's like an overnight success, you know, years in the making. Right. Um, but yeah, so it, was, it, it, I remember it's funny now, like everybody, not everybody, but so many people claim Bill's mafia as Bill's fans, you know, and, which is awesome. And, but I remember the first couple of years, I mean, people were making fun, like other Bills fans were making fun of fans that identified with Bills Mafia. They used to call it Burl's Murphia. Um, and it was like, a, it was like, it was like, you know, the, uh, the, the punchline to, uh, you know, a lot of fans jokes, fellow fans and everything. Um, not, I, most of those fans won't admit to that now, but you know, it's fine. It's all good. Everybody came around. It was something that was always meant to include anybody that wanted to be included with it. Um, we just wanted to basically well, it was all as is maybe we'll get into that. Like it was a big accident. Like we weren't trying to create anything when this whole thing took off. It was really just a joke that kind of like spun out of control and we thought maybe we could do some good with it. I mean it was um, it was it was kind of a hashtag, right? And then just people picked up on it. No. Yeah, it was it was a joke because like we do you want me to get into the story? I can get yeah, into the yeah, story. No, yeah, we'll why not? Jump yeah, right in. Yeah. So that we have so we have context, right? Sure. So 2010, Stevie Johnson drops that pass uh, against the Steelers in overtime goes on to blame God on Twitter, uh, goes through the whole news cycle. And the example I always use is it was mentioned on The View. Uh, so, I mean, when you think about it, 2010, the Bills were on no one's radar. Literally every single game that season was 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Sunday, which, I mean, selfishly, I, I love that. Like, I love being able to set a clock. But it's also an indicator of, like, yeah, literally nobody outside of Western New York cares about your team. Um, yeah, that was and, the heart uh, of the drought. The heart of the drought, for sure. Yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and so, I mean, I think they're just coming off of Dick Duran and everything the year prior. So, um, Bills were in the news for a whole day, which is really strange in that in that time. You know, that, that part of the Bills' timeline ends up uh, getting mentioned all over the place. And then the next day, like four p.m., five p.m., something. Adam Schefter retweets uh, Stevie Johnson's God tweet from the night before. And anybody who follows the NFL even remotely knows that Adam Schefter is like even back then it was like the channel through which 99% of all NFL information flowed through. Um, and so for him to retweet a tweet that was so like old at that point, cause you know how Twitter is like, it, it's a uh, next day things are over with, um, it was just kind of weird. Like, and Twitter was different back then. It, like now, if you follow a bunch of people and they're all retweeting the same thing, you don't see it on your timeline over and over. But back then, anybody you followed who retweeted it, you would see it. Um, so, you know, myself and, and well, you know, Breon actually kicked off the, the Schefter breaking news hashtag. Um, and so we all started kind of piling on a little bit. And I always say, I promise we won't be nasty trolls like swearing or anything like that. At least I wasn't. I don't remember seeing anything like that. Uh, started making jokes about Adam Schefter with old news, like basically turned into like man invents fire hashtag Schefter breaking news. <laughs> and uh, apparently we just caught him on a good day and he blocked a bunch of us. And, and so uh, that was the first time to my knowledge that I ever been blocked by someone on Twitter and, uh, fast forward, like six months, follow Friday used to be a thing on Twitter where you would recommend people that you follow to people that follow you. And, um, 
ended up uh, mentioned, it was like the week of the draft, I think it was. I still have the tweet bookmarked in my, my browser somewhere, but it's, uh, I said, follow the Bills Mafia. And I named a bunch of us that had uh, gotten blocked at that point. And it was one of those, like I said, just a joke. It was like, a, I, I fired that tweet off. I think I was waiting to pick up a pizza at a pizzeria that doesn't even exist in Tonawanda anymore. <laughs> and uh, just, just absentmindedly just put that out there. And then, you know, everybody was laughing at it and everything. And then it just kind of like gained steam and people started using it. We started using it just as a joke. Like, you know, we did hashtag team bills mafia and stuff like that. And just eventually once the drought, sorry, not the drought, once the lockout was over with players started returning to, to camp and uh, Nick Barnett was actually the first one to use the term himself uh, had a custom mouth guard made, which, you know, obviously you go back to 2011 now, seeing that kind of thing, like just blows your mind. It still does. It still does. It's still surreal. Um, and so then all the, the players started using it and it just started to gain steam from, from there. So um, that's just kind of the genesis of it all. And now in terms of like the growth of it, it's been a steady thing. So once we realized this was a thing that maybe we can do something with, you know, we started selling t-shirts and then somebody asked like, was this whole Bill's mafia thing just about selling t-shirts? And it was like, no, we were all gainfully employed, right? The three of us, me, Brian, Leslie, like, no, of course not. Like, this is like the most fun we've ever had <laughs> with other fans and, and, and social media, which, you know, back then still really new. Um, no, we're not, in the, we're not trying to exploit our fellow fans. We're trying to create something or shepherd something that can include all fans that want to support the team and, you know, um, also, you know, support the players and also defend the team to the, the, the Shafters of the world in Shafters defense. Like he wasn't taking shots. It was just something we were just making fun of him for. Right. But, um, and so I, I, again, I was working at Roswell at the time. Uh, my office was two floors below the Alliance foundation, which is like their development and everything. So I went up there and I tried to explain to uh, the one person who was heading up that, you know, fundraising at the time, Tammy, uh, I tried to explain to her Twitter and mafia and t-shirts and she had no idea where, where I was coming from. I was giving her probably very little context. I said, can I just write you checks? And she's like, well, yeah, of course. So put out a, a tweet that said, you know, going forward, all, you know, Bill's mafia merchandise will support, you know, courage of Carly or back then it was Carly's club at Roswell park. And that's always stuck to this day, 26 shirts, all the mafia gear that we sell, it gives back to Carly's. So um, I think that helped give it staying power too. And I think it also kind of helped set the tone for what, you know, the, Bill's mafia was eventually going to become with the, the charitable mindedness and everything. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's the Bill's Mafia story in a, a very long nutshell. So I'm going to share a Bill's Mafia story with you. And I know you've heard a million of them, you know, where there's a Bill's Mafia member from the North Pole or there's a Bill's Mafia member from, you know, Zimbabwe or fill in the blank place on the globe. Right. I'm sure you've heard them all. Mm -hmm. um, so mine's probably not that great. Uh, but I was at a, a dude ranch last summer out in Colorado with family and started talking to one of the Wranglers. It's a, it's a thing, like Wranglers are a thing, right? This guy's probably 22, 23, finds out we're from Buffalo. He's like, oh man, Bill's Mafia. I mean, first thing out of his mouth when he hears Buffalo. So I got him some of these hats. They're doing out in Colorado and anywhere else in the Midwest, they're doing the table smashing, the whole deal. I mean, they are adopted members of Bill's Mafia. And again, I'm sure you're hearing stories like this all around the planet from people that maybe even were just sort of casual Bill's fans that now have become Mafia members, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not really big on the table smashing to each their own. Like, I've never gone through one. I'll never go through one. Me either. Um, I'm too old. But My I, insurance I, isn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but you see this past draft, the player got drafted. I think it was, was it Spencer Brown. Somebody got drafted and jumped through a table. I, who has that waiting outside for me? That was weird. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, Bill's Mafia, whether it's through, you know, the tailgate antics or, um, and you know, you've met me in person before. That's not really, like, my jam i'm kind of chill before the yeah. games but um but whether it's through the, the tailgate antics or the, the the fundraising and the giving or just like the cool name like i, I don't mean to like it's just a, i think ej Manuel once said it just sounds cool he said bill's mafia just rolls off the tongue so nicely i think he said um but yeah it's crazy it's something that definitely is you say buffalo and people think bill's mafia right away i mean the nfl leads most conversations like when you're out traveling no matter what what city you're from what city you're visiting the nfl your, your nfl team or whatever always seems to lead the conversation it's such a, a big part of you know american culture but yeah now buffalo has one that's better than just like oh yeah you guys were bad for like a really long time right <laughs> you know so it's nice that we at least have a, a better calling card now well and it is too it is interesting too to see and, and you have got to have some really soft space in your heart and and maybe you get a, a little flutter or something a butterfly when you see or hear anyone in the national media when they're talking about bills and they mention bills mafia by name you know whether it's kyle brand or somebody on cbs or nbc or espn mentioning bills mafia by name you got to be like oh this is still so cool even though it's been as long as it's been yeah man it never gets old we were at the game um just we were at the opener right and yeah my yeah my wife and uh, my, my two daughters were there and where our seats are, we were pretty much, we have a full view of the scoreboard on the other side of the stadium. And uh, it says almost in the entire game, there's a little ribbon board. It says, welcome Bill's mafia. Like that dude, that, how, how, how would I ever get used to stuff like that? Players getting drafted. The first thing they do is get on Twitter and tweet, or, and tweet uh, Bill's mafia. Like how could I ever take that for granted or, or never think that this is normal? Like this is something that was always going to happen. It's, it's surreal. And a lot of weird things happened and lined up perfectly for it to, to actually come about. So I don't, I try to take too much credit because a lot of it is just crazy circumstance. So, okay. We, we, we flipped sort of the order I had for this, but this happens because this is what we do on bull in the basement. It's very sort of top of mind um, as, as we flow here. So let's stay on Bill's mafia. If you don't know people watching or listening, um, the Pagulas and Bill's Mafia now have a relationship. Can you explain to folks how that happened and what that means? Yeah. So one thing that people have always asked me over the years is like, well, did you copyright Bill's Mafia? And no, I didn't because you can't copyright something that has a, a copyrighted term within it. Like you're wearing a Van Halen shirt right now. I can't like just copyright Van Halen dudes or <laughs> Van Halen fans like that. Like it, it's, there's something that's already in there that doesn't belong to me. And, and so that's why... And like I mentioned at the outset, like we were selling Bill's Mafia stuff. Very quickly, I learned that you can't do that. So all of our stuff for years, it <laughs> just said Mafia on it. Like the hat you're wearing, just right. Mafia. It's implied, right? So um, we, they've always kind of had de facto ownership of the term, you know, whether people realize it or not. They have ownership of Bill's Mafia, Bill's Mob, Bill's whatever. Anything, put in there. Bill's anything, it's right? There, yeah. Anything, yeah, yeah. whatever. So um so that, that that's always been kind of theirs to begin with. And so I, I actually, like they reached out to me before any of this news even hit um, last October. And they said, hey, this is what we want to do. This is what we're, our, our plan is. And the whole idea was to, to help 
protect it in a lot of ways because Bill's mafia, they, they, there's, you know, a lot of people that were using it and stuff like that. And they, and they knew, I mean, like I've had conversations with them in the past, like they know I'm not selling stuff that has bills on it. I'm not trying to use their logo. I'm not trying to like leverage their intellectual property, you know, for my own purposes. Right. Um, and, and so it was a really good conversation. And, you know, they, you know, they said, Hey, listen, we're going to adopt this term. Like this has become the de facto name of the fan base and we're not going to ignore it anymore. And so they, they adopted it. And like I said, they kept me in as part of the conversation and everything. And one thing I tried to stress with them in, you know, all the meetings, I had several meetings with them last, last fall, still continue to on a semi-regular basis, um, was just like, hey, listen, it's about community. Like, I, this isn't about, I know I sell a lot of mafia t-shirts and mafia hats. It's, you know, from, from what I'm doing, it's giving back to the community. The whole thing of Bill's Mafia has always been, like I said before at the beginning of my story, it's never been to ex- exploit our fans or try to, to make money. It's always been about trying to create something that develops community and gives us a banner to um, to kind of rally under and to, to support our community in the process. Like it really is like, I, I've often said the term like, you know, mafia means family, right? And supporting your fellow fan. That, that's always been the whole idea. So since the very early days of Bill's Mafia, it's always been like, hey, you're Bill's Mafia, I'm Bill's Mafia, I got your back. And so that's one thing I really tried to stress with them. And they completely understood it. Like I was, turned out I was preaching to the choir. They understood everything that we were, um, we were doing with it and everything. So it's, it was, it's been great conversations and, you know, um, there's never been any contention and it's not going to lie. It's kind of cool <laughs> to, to be able to, to play this role in, you know, what is my favorite things in life outside of like God and my family and stuff <laughs> like <laughs> to be able to play this role in my favorite thing. Um, it's not it's taken for granted. So well, I always yeah. hoped that they would, I was hoping they would accept the name. And so they did. And this is what it looks like. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it, it was sort of whimsical when it, when you came up with it and now you're like a part of the franchise again, pinch yourself moment. Right. I mean, my gosh, like all these little things are like great pinch yourself moments for you. Yeah, it really is. And I, I so far I haven't woken up. It's <laughs> good. It's, it's crazy. And I've, I've always joked if I do wake up, Hey, um, that Bill's Mafia dream was really cool. And hey, now I'm 35 again. So I can just, <laughs> you know, I'm 10 years younger. So that's awesome. Um, so either way, it's a win, right? No, right. but uh, yeah, it's just none of it's taken for granted. And, um, you know, I try to be as, you know, respectful of this weird position that I'm in with the with the, my fanhood and the community at large in Western New York and everything. I try to be really um, respectful of, of any weight that comes along with it. How, how weird is it for you? Like, because we're at 26 shirts is next. So how weird is it for you? I mean, you are a celebrity now, right? I mean, you never got into or started this to be what you've become. You're probably getting more interview requests than some of the Bills players themselves at this point. I mean, and you've I don't handled know about that, but <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, you're probably getting more, well, I'm not going to name any players in particular, but I mean, there's guys that are, <laughs> you know, deeper on the depth chart that you're probably getting more interview requests for. Um, but I mean, you've handled it so well. I mean, so all of this, that's kind of hit you and what you've become. I mean, I know you well enough to know that it has, you haven't changed at all, but it still has had to impact you somehow. So how has this celebrity sort of worn off on you and, and your immediate family? 
one thing I always say is if I'm a, a celebrity, it's, it's Z list, man. Like I'm a Z list, <laughs> you know, like, I, what, but no, it is weird. Like, okay. So I, I didn't really, I don't really share this much, but like, so we were in Disney back in July, uh, just me, Christy and the girls and everything. And actually like a couple people stopped me in Disney world and said like, Hey, can I get my picture with you? I feel, it feels so weird and, and <laughs> awkward. And like, at the same time, like, you don't want to be a jerk. Like, it's not like I'm too good for them. I feel like you want to get a picture with me. Like, but so I, yeah, I do it. And it's weird. People have asked me to sign things in the past. I won't do that. Like, I'm not really like, no, I won't do that. I don't take, take it too seriously, but it's, it is kind of weird. Um, you know, the girls, you know, one, my oldest just graduated from high school and my, my youngest is in 10th grade and, uh, their friends all know that, you know, their dad is the Bills Mafia guy, which is kind of <laughs> kind of weird. And um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's affected us too much overall outside of like, these weird circumstances that have come up here and there, or these weird interactions. Um, but uh, it's just I don't know. At, at this point, it's 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 all my kids know because it, it's been going on for ten years. And um, just like I said, the whole key is just don't. I try not to take it too seriously. Yeah. You know, I try not to. You know, I mean, I take it very seriously in terms of, like I said before, what comes along with being who I am in, in the community. But like, I don't try not to let it go to my head because this all happened through a crazy set of circumstances. And I honestly, I feel like I did nothing to deserve it. It just kind of landed in my lap. So now that I have this attention, I just want to use it for, for good. And, and by the way, you're too busy to let it go to go to your head. <laughs> it's crazy. In fact, I... Um, yeah, it, it's like the past two weeks, like every week, every day has been something between family stuff and, and this, this stuff, you know, it, every night it's, there's something going on, but that's all right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, man. It's great. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining, man. It's, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. So, all right. Now, now let's shift over to 26 shirts, which is another amazing story all by itself. So you go, how, how do you go from your job at Roswell to coming up with this 26 shirts concept and then actually making it happen. Okay. So uh, in 2011, you know, the Bill's Mafia stuff took off within about a year and a half. We realized that we were doing like these fundraiser tailgates and stuff like that. In addition to like the, the stuff I was selling on cafe press or whatever it was back then Zazzle, I think was one of them. Um, so we were doing these different fundraisers. I didn't want to, Oh, we did these really cool watches. I wish I had one now. These deuce watches, which were cool I for like them. a couple of years. Yep. That was awesome. Actually, that was that was really fun to do that. That was like my first real large scale, like doing selling something for a fundraiser, you know. Um, but anyways, the uh after about a, a year and a half, we just we created a nonprofit called Buffalo Fan Base so that the money was that we were raising was going through, you know, all the proper channels. I've always wanted everything I do to be above board, you know, because people are going to, trolls are going to come at you on social media, no matter what, and say, oh, what are you doing with all that money? Like, I got paper trails for everything. I've tried, you know, I've tried to make sure because I, just, I always wanted to remain above board. So we created the nonprofit. And then uh, later that year, I think it was like, and it was awesome too. Like our lawyer fees got paid because people just, all these fellow fans kicked in. You know, as sponsors, we had different color sponsors, like silver, gold, platinum sponsors and everything. And uh, I think that listing is still on our website that shows everybody who helped create the, the Buffalo fan base nonprofit. Um, and again, so that's that's humbling as well. And how much credit can I take? All these other fans are helping pay for it. So um, so later that year, 2013, I had this idea. Somebody had reached out to me about, you know, helping uh, raise money for for his daughter who had a condition called retinoblastoma 
and we we I just done the we just done shirts with the legend of Kiko. Remember that? Sure, Remember he was yeah. good for like a year. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> then he went to Miami and became like like Mr. Cheap Shot. But is he is he um, still in the league? By the way, do we know? That's the whole. It doesn't doesn't matter at this point. Like it's right. completely like certain. That's like that's the answer right there. Is right. he even in the league? So, <laughs> but anyway, so we were selling the Legend of Kiko shirts and we were raising money for um, a, a specific charity. And uh, I really I started like gears started turning in my head. Like you know, these crazy things that happen real quickly. You people want to wear a shirt to represent it, you know? And so I just, that was already going on in the back of my head, but in, uh, so in October of 2013, Scott reached out to me about his daughter reading the story. I'm just like really moved by, you know, the fact he's from Olean, lived in North Carolina, had to go to Sloan Kettering, like every like month or two to get, so she'd get treatment and everything. Like she had one eye removed, chemotherapy applied directly to the other eye, two years old. Like, yeah. like what it, Heartbreaking, really yeah. dealt some, some crappy cards. Right. Yeah. So just wanted to do something to help out. And so I had this idea to sell a shirt to, to help him. And then the more I thought about it was, you know what, I could probably do this like every week. There's, a, you know, God knows there's enough people that need help and assistance and stuff. And Bill's fans speaking as one, there's always that hunger for new merchandise for new, you know, new ways that you can rep your love uh, for the team. And so uh, I was speaking with uh, some friends. I used to go to this uh, Monday night, like Bible study, accountability group and everything. And uh, really just just close friends, just talking about this idea about helping out, you know, people in need through this shirt idea. And then I said, I could, man, I could do it like every week. And then they're saying, like, slow down. Like you got, you got a wife, you got two kids, you have a full-time job at a cancer hospital. I don't really think that like, Every week is good. I said, yeah, I know, but I think I could do like every two weeks. Like I, I know my schedule. I know where I have gaps in time. And I think I could coordinate that as long as I could get, could get artwork, I could do it. My buddy Jake looks at me and goes, dude, that's like 26 shirts. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I think I could do it. Cause I was thinking of just a one-year project and that was it. Next uh, morning I wake up and the way I always describe it is like, like it was like something that was like staring me in the face, like, I, like almost physical that I could not see past. Um, it said 20, like 26 shirts. And I was like, okay, I have to try this out. I have to think about this more. So I looked up the name 26 shirts. It's a weird name. There was no domain taken. There was no, um, no Twitter accounts or Instagram accounts or anything like that using that. So I grabbed all that stuff. And then I wrote a post on the Mafia website that said, you know, I want to sell you 26 shirts. And I kind of explained the idea. And uh, I talked about Scott and everything and his daughter. And then... I always call it like my Jerry Maguire moment in that movie. He writes his mission statement and uh, ends up being immediately accountable for it. Like he got like fired. I didn't get fired from Roswell. <laughs> um, immediately people are like coming at me like, Hey, this is an awesome idea. Uh, I'd love to contribute artwork. Uh, I would love, I'm going to buy every single shirt. One, you know, one guy says I'm going to, another person is uh, just all these different people, like the news calls and say, Hey, we want to do an interview about this. And I was like, Holy crap. I was really just like brainstorming out loud. But, all right, let's do it. Um, and so it all came together super quickly. Oh, a local t-shirt company reached out and said, can we print your shirts? I was like, yeah, of course. So, um, it all came together real quickly. It was going to be under the, um, umbrella of the mafia nonprofit. So I was talking with our lawyer at the time about it. And she went on to say, if you're going to be a nonprofit, you cannot deal with that much merchandise. Like it's just, you're, you're, you're going to have a level of accountability that you don't want to have to deal with. So I was like, crap. 
Um, so then I called the, the shirt company back and Dan Giganti, you and who was named the company and said, Hey, uh, not only just printing the shirts, but can you handle all the financial transactions and can you handle like the donations and everything? And he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. And so, um, that's when it, 26 shirts kind of split off from the nonprofit that I, you know, we were working on at the time. Um, but the goal was always to be for it to be a nonprofit. So that's why the entire time we've done this, we've been like transparent about how much we donate because while we're not, you know, uh, while we are a private company, we, we want to be as transparent as possible with people about how much, when you buy a shirt, how much you're giving um, and how much we've given to date and all that stuff. So fast forward a couple of years and um, I ended up getting laid off from Roswell. I was managing the, the web team, the web development team in information technology department. Uh, we had merged with the web team in the marketing department. And funny enough, teams don't need two managers. <laughs> so, uh, and that merger actually happened right around when 26 shirts first launched. So for two years, they're doing, I mean, I give them credit. They were finding work for me to do, you know, in terms of web development, but you know, the whole time it's a union job, I was getting paid at a management level to do, you know, non-management work. And so eventually in 2015, they're like, yeah, this can't, we're, we're eliminating that position. Um, and they gave me the opportunity to post for another position that was open. But at that point I had, I had felt like I was driving to the wrong building every day. I felt like I should have been going to TriMain Center, which is where you and who was based um, as opposed to, you know, 901 Washington where my office was uh, for Roswell. So I said, all right, let me, I got to think about this. Called my wife. Uh, she was actually out of town at the time and said, Hey, uh, I got some news. <laughs> we kind of talked through it. And she has, a, she has her whole, whole end of the story that she could tell about how that all went down. Um, but uh, Dan invited me on as uh, a 50% owner of the business. He's like, don't post for that position. Come here, work with me. 26 Church has effectively taken over everything that you and who does anyways. So let's, let's do this. And so when I left Roswell, they gave me like my severance was like one year's health insurance. So we decided, all right, let's give it a year because that, that part of life is taken care of yep. um, for the next year. So let's think about it and um, see if we can make it work. And in a year, if it's not able to work or sooner, you know how money works, like this isn't working, we can't do this. Um, then I'll, I'll go back to the web development grind or whatever. Um, probably not at Roswell just because I had kind of like not posted for that position. So who knows what would happen. But within six months, we had to hire somebody. And then uh, about a year and a half after that, we had to hire somebody and then it's just continued to grow like crazy. And just now between January, 2019 and like this month, we've hired four people. So, um, it's just continued to grow like crazy. I was going to say Bible study has paid off my man. <laughs> yeah, no, those are, those are, those are my boys. I mean, situationally, too much, but. situationally, really good things have come off of things that could have been bad for you. So, I mean, awesome. I mean, I couldn't feel better for you uh, for the way that it's worked out for you. So for people that don't know sort of like how 26 shirts worked, I think you sort of described it for people that knew are new to this. Maybe you've heard of 26 shirts briefly describe like yeah. how it works and how you find the people to give some of the proceeds to. Yeah, for sure. So um, I said in my, my, my story, how it was every two weeks, um, now it's every week. We launch a new two-week campaign every week. Last year, I just got frustrated with the fact that um, we can only help 26 people a year, really. Like the audience that we have and the, the desire that people have for designs, like that, that's all we could do. And so Dan and I were brainstorming and eventually 
decided we could stagger it and like, holy crap. So now we can do 52 shirts. And I, when I tweeted about it, I said, no, we're not changing our name. And we sell more than just shirts. We have mugs and hats and every, you know, flags, all kinds of stuff. So there's more than 26 and it's not even shirts. So it's, we're even worse than just pizza. Right. So (laughs) we're 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 even worse than that. So, um, but yeah, so every shirt we sell, uh, we give uh, a portion to a local family or uh, a local nonprofit. So uh, it's normally about eight bucks per shirt, depending on the campaign, the type of campaign. Sometimes it's it's not, but it's usually eight bucks per shirt for the stuff that we really push and promote. Um, and uh, in terms of how people how we find people, since day one, since I put out that that tweet back in 2013 and that blog post. Um, by, we have not had a hard time finding people. We have always had a wait list. So even right now, we have a wait list of about three, four months. Um, and I'll imagine if I was only doing a shirt every two weeks, mm-hmm. like that'd be twice as long. Right. And, and so um, it, it, it's good that we're able to get through that that list, but just shows like, man, there's people who need help. And so we do our best. Like, So we put the shirt out there and I always tell the family member, listen, if you have a GoFundMe, if you have any kind of fundraising apparatus online or an event or something that I can promote through the listing, please give me a link to it. Um, because somebody might, cause on our product listings, you have a picture of the shirt and then, um, below it, you have all of the details about who, uh, who it's helping. If there was, you know, if, if we used a, a freelance artist or if we developed it in house and if there's a sponsor. And so every time it says who it's helping, it says the need, at the typically, if they have a link, they'll say in the last sentence, please consider a shirt purchase or a donation to their online fundraiser. Because people might see the shirt, they might read about the person we're helping, and they might think that person, oh, I really want to help, but this shirt sucks. <laughs> so we never, <laughs> we never, and people will tell us if it's bad. They, they, people are shy. Um, but uh, we never want to get in the way because we have this audience that we're sharing these stories with. We never want to get in the way of somebody who needs help. So listen, we're, you know, I'm confident that we're going to get ours and we're going to be fine. But so if you don't want to buy the shirt, that's fine. At least, you know, help this person who's in a, a crappy situation. How many, so you're approaching your 10 year anniversary. It's getting close, pal. Um, to this point, how many shirts have you sold and what kind of money have you generated to help out those folks in need? Sure. So as of this morning, we have donated we have raised, I should say, I don't I'd say we have donated, we have raised because you know, donations come directly from the purchase, uh, the purchaser, um, 1,224,660 bucks. And uh, in terms Sorry, of the number of me, shirts. Hold on, no. I'm going to stand. Okay. <laughs> Golf clap. I'm watching the well, Ryder Cup as I'm doing this. So now it's all good, man. It's uh, you're applauding yourself. You've bought from us in the past. So you're applauding <laughs> yourself. Man. It's really a team effort. Like, we can't do this. I can't do this myself. I can't do it without my team. My team, we can't do it without all the people who believe in what we do and support us, whether it's sponsors or customers or whatever. Um, in terms of the number of shirts, dude, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at this spreadsheet here. A lot, a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Not, I don't think we've quite hit a thousand unique designs, but we're if we're not there, then we're, we're going to be there soon enough. Isn't it interesting too? Like I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but with the pandemic, there's, there have been so many supply chain issues. Have you had any, uh, it doesn't seem like you have, you have. No, no. Yeah. We have absolutely had supply chain issues and um, we normally give ourselves like anytime you purchase a shirt from us, from our, our campaigns, it says, please allow 10 to 15 business days following the close of the campaign for your shirt to ship. 
because we have to get it. You know, we don't order anything until the campaign's over. And then we have to wait for them to come from the printer and then we ship them. So the printer has to wait for them to come from the wholesaler. And just the wholesalers, it's been tough. Man. Like, we're, like for this next coming campaign that we have launching Monday, we're not offering scoop necks just because, and women, we have a, there's some women that will only buy scoop necks. We can't offer them because there are literally through all of the different wholesalers that we're connected through. Um, there are no Royal scoop necks available. There's one kind that we've never ordered from. So we're ordering some samples, but we're not going to have that in time for, for Monday. Um, so it's been a real headache to be honest with you. And we've had to sub in different things and our about us or our FAQ page. Um, explains all that like these are the, the model shirts that we typically order but we might have to change it just because of whatever issue so it's been a real headache and it's we've had to use like all 15 of those business days and there's been a couple times we've had to use a couple extra just yeah. because we can't get the shirts in fast enough it's it's incredibly frustrating uh it's it's really incredible what what your two things have established so you bill's mafia 26 shirts too uh the, the, both of them so there's now Bill's Mafia Babes, right? Has now come off of Bill's Mafia, which I'm sure you guys gave the thumbs up to and the okay to. And then off of 26 shirts, my gosh, I mean, you guys, I think in terms of getting sort of the fundraising fan base contribution engine going, you guys are kind of responsible for that. I mean, let's face it, in the last three or four years, the Bill's fan base has donated more to charity than they ever have. Right. I mean, going back, starting with the the Andy Dalton donations and then add up everything ever since. I think you guys were probably part of the inspiration for the city of good neighbors going from here to here. You should be very proud of that, obviously. And and certainly um, look at the look at look at the, the, the merch industry in terms of Buffalo. My gosh, you guys were you cornered the market. Now there's probably five or six or more different local T-shirt guys that are basically doing the same thing you guys are doing, but they're doing it for their profit. You're doing it um, for, for, you know, your charitable purposes, which is awesome. And I know maybe some of those other t-shirt makers have charity uh, uh, angles as well to what they're doing, but you were really um, the, the trailblazers in Buffalo of that. So congratulations to you, man. I appreciate your humility. I appreciate your hard work. I appreciate your dedication. I think we all do. And um, your, your friendship with me is, is, is cherished. So um, keep up the great work, uh, helping out people all around Western New York and, and the globe that are Bills fans. And uh, thanks for doing this. I know you're crazy busy and you fit in a, a good 30, 40 minutes with me. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, for sure. And you've always, you know, helped, you know, since we first met, I think it was at that job fair at uh, Adams Mark. Um, I don't even know why I was there. I was walking <laughs> ever since we met there, um, you've always been really gracious in terms of, you know, providing, um, you know, airtime and everything to everything I've got going on. So I appreciate that. And um, I totally lost my train of thought. What else I was going to oh, say? Good. Oh, I remember. Um, so I promised myself, and this is, I'm totally, I'm not going to regret it. That's why I'm saying it. But um, every time I do an interview or a podcast, I want to end it with, the Bills are winning the Super Bowl this year. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a homer. They're winning the Super Bowl this year. Got it. And what a road trip that would be to LA to see it happen, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about that. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I, no, seriously, like, I don't know if I want to not be in Buffalo. That's a good if point. The Bills do win the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know if I want to be on the other side of the country. Right. I think I want to be here with everybody else. Yeah. Um, probably in my basement, boarded up fearing for safety and riots and stuff. <laughs> reverse Armageddon. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> right? No, but uh, no, for sure. Uh, I, I, I think I'd want to share that experience. I'd love to find out though. I'd love to be given the opportunity. To Absolutely. Find out. Absolutely. 26shirts.com. Go there, read their mission statement, read about everything they've been doing over the years. Most of you watching this already know about it, but if you don't, please check it out. Del Reed, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. You bet.